Hi, missionaries, and welcome to Mission Moments, where we take a moment to prepare for our mission. The Mission Moments podcast is sponsored by Mission Youth, a community of missionary disciples who come together to equip ourselves to go out and spread Christ's love in the world as apostles of the new evangelization. Every Catholic is called to be a missionary, and we are here to help everyday Catholics like yourself learn to be one. We're going to share missionary experiences, form skills, give tips, and great mission stories. Hello, Father Daniel. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful podcast. How are you doing today? Kathleen, it's great to join you as well. Glad we get to share some thoughts and reflections on uh, on this wonderful podcast. I hope people enjoy it. Yes. So we are now in the third Sunday of Lent. So we're kind of halfway through. And I know there's so many cities right now that are preparing and getting ready for Holy Week missions, so it's very exciting. And I know that several of them have been using these podcasts to help train their mission leaders. I'm Great. very excited that we can have you as a guest because I know you have lots of mission experience. So would you, for those of you that don't already know you, uh, would you mind letting us know who you are and what, a little bit about your mission experience? Sure. Well, um, I am a legionary of Christ. I've been a priest now for 15, just over 15 years, and 15 years of joy, uh, suffering, and beauty, and challenges as well. It's just a, it's a mixed bag. It's a beautiful, uh, been a beautiful uh, walk with the Lord in these 15 years as a priest. Um, I am, it's a little bit more of my background, I am a high school dropout. I am uh, almost died of a heart attack, then almost died of cancer. Um, I've failed at a lot of things in my life. And, uh, you know, I've also received lots of blessings along the way. So, <laughs> and I'm working to to finish my doctorate right now, um, hopefully to graduate in May of this year uh, from Creighton University in a deg- degree in interdisciplinary leadership. So working to finish that right now. Yeah. If there's one thing about you, Father Daniel, you're very persevering. And I think your, your life story tells that. Well. well, that is a grace from the Lord because uh, certain experienced uh, challenges in life, we all have you know, challenges and difficulties, but it's not so much about the difficulties we have. It's being able to get up again with God's grace and, and never stop yeah. until he calls us home. Mm-hmm. So what is it, where are you currently stationed and what's your mission right now? I am currently stationed in Atlanta, Georgia, in the Common Community, which is one of three uh, legionary communities in Atlanta. And for the last uh, few years, since I, my recovery from cancer, I've been assigned as the chaplain for the Lumen Institute and uh, assistant chaplain for the Regnum Christi Men in Atlanta. In addition to that, I serve on two boards. Uh, one of them is for the Sacred Heart Apostolic School in uh, Rolling Prairie, Indiana, our high school seminary. And then also I serve as chairman of the board of directors for Catholic World Mission, which is an international aid organization started by the Legionaries of Christ and Regan Christie. And we, we help out with, gosh, anywhere from 50 to 100 uh, different projects all around the world in 35 plus different countries, which is really beautiful. And it's expanded my horizons even more to see uh, how we're serving the church and helping the church in so many different ways. Um, so, and as I mentioned, in my spare time, when I'm not working on all those things, I'm uh, working to finish my doctorate and I uh, do little hobbies here and there too and uh, work work projects around our house. Uh-huh. That's awesome. And I have heard you share at least more than once that you had a dream and desire to be a missionary priest. So can you share That's true. Why, oh, yeah. why, you, why you love missions and what your mission experience has been? Well, I love missions because the 
very nature of the church is missionary. I mean, we're all called to be missionaries. We're all called to bring the, the love that we've experienced and to share that with others. So I think that is that's you know, the core of the reason why I, I, I feel that desire to be a missionary, because I've experienced so deeply the love of Christ in my life, his transforming power on so many different occasions. And I, I just can't keep that in. I want to share that with others. And so I, I remember the, probably the first time that I really thought seriously about being a missionary, I was in fifth grade. And I read this book about a Protestant missionary who went to uh one of the countries in in um, in Asia, I can't, I don't remember which. I think it was Laos, and uh, and it was right after the time of uh, the, the Vietnam War, and you know, the communists had taken over, and the, they were bringing the faith to people there. And I remember thinking, wow, I would love to be a missionary and go to China one day. <laughs> and actually, I, I drew a picture of myself because I had to do a book report for this this uh, book in fifth grade, and I drew a picture of myself in a cassock, nonetheless. Um, uh, in China, serving the people there. And wow, well, maybe up. that was a prophetic drawing, Father Daniel. It was in some ways. I mean, I, I obviously am not serving uh, as a missionary in China, but I have had the opportunity to go on several occasions to the east. Uh, I have been through Taiwan and uh, Korea, the Philippines, um, and have, have had some beautiful experiences uh, serving people there. Uh, and and I think that's, you know, if that's all that the Lord gives me, that's enough. <laughs> I'm happy to serve him wherever he wants me to serve. That's awesome. And what has been your experience concretely with like Holy Week for International Missions? What have you been able to do? Well, gosh, all the experiences run together. I've, I mean, I've been participating on missions ever since I think my second or third year in the novitiate where we did, uh, we did some door-to-door missions when that was first starting. Uh, here in the states, we as the you know as brothers in Cheshire, Connecticut, we went out and knocked on doors in Southington and the lo- in Cheshire and local communities, and it was a very daunting experience. And I have to say, even to this day, and people might be a little bit surprised by this, even to this day, I get afraid right before missions where I have to go out because I'm kind of an introvert naturally. Uh, and so I have to push myself to go out and to make the effort to knock on doors or to reach out to people. My preference would be just kind of go, you know, read a book or sit by myself and do something or work on a, on a project. Um, and so I'm always, there's a bit of trepidation. And, uh, and when I overcome that, and, and it's really only out of love for the Lord that I'd overcome that and love for other people. When I do overcome that and reach out, I'm always delighted by the experience. And there's always a grace that comes from God. And I think that's true, uh, Kathleen. Anytime we set ourselves aside and we really seek to bring Christ's love to others selflessly. Um, and so, so that's that's been my experience. I don't know about you. No, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing so honestly that feeling of fear that can come right before mission. Because I think for many times, the people that go on mission for the first time, they can feel fear. And they kind of look around them and they see the more experienced missionaries that maybe it looks on the outside that they know what they're doing that it's easy. And they can kind of think, well, eventually this feeling will wear off and I'll feel security and I'll feel like I know what I'm doing. But I think you just shared something so real that in a certain sense, when we step out in mission, we never really had full control of what's going to happen. And we That's are right. stepping out in faith and love. And it can be very scary sometimes because you're taking yeah. a risk That's right. to really love, love the Lord and other people. Yeah. And like I said, sometimes it, it doesn't disappear. Uh, no. I'm not, I've been doing missions for 30 years. 
And it's, I still get that little butterfly feeling in my stomach. And, and that with all my theological training and apologetics and all these things. And, and it really, it's not a question of how much you know. It's a question of how much you love. And that's why I think anyone can be a great missionary. Because all you have to do is share the love that you have experienced. And, and then you'll be challenged. You know, you'll be challenged to, to go out of your comfort zone, uh, to learn new things, to reconcile. Oh gosh, I never thought of that question. Okay, I'll have to go. I'll go, I'll go ask around and I'll find out more. And and I don't think we ever have to be afraid of that because the truth has a power in and of itself that you know we we don't have to be afraid of of ever searching for the truth. It will always bring us back to Christ. Yes, very very well said. So for all the Holy Week missionaries out there that are feeling nervous you're in good company. And I think <laughs> all of those missionaries, they, there's no reason to worry if those feelings of fear are there because you're still going to do great things in the Lord's name. Right? That's right. And it's great. It's great. Something that can help with that, Kathleen, is team up with other people. Like if it's your first mission, you know, find someone who's a, a veteran and has a little bit more experience and, you know, and, and walk beside them, see what they do, hear how they, you know, uh, talk with a person to get their prayer intentions, um, listen and model the words that they say, you know, uh, mimic the behavior. You can learn so much by just shadowing other people and that will give you greater confidence as time goes on. But the key is, do it out of love for our Lord and, and, and love for the people that you're serving. Because that, um, my favorite passage in all of scripture, Kathleen, is from 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, or verse 18, I don't remember which verse, but it's perfect love casts out all fear. And when we love, the fear dissipates. Not that it can, yeah. may, may not completely disappear, but you know we can love and do great things, even, even yeah. when we got a little bit of that fear in our hearts. Yes, definitely. That's awesome. So as you know, Father Daniel, our Holy Week theme for this year is Fire Within, right? Which I mm-hmm. think speaks so much what you're saying, of uh, this love of God that is in our hearts That's that right. we experience on mission. And it's making this reference to the made passions that we've been reflecting on for the past two podcasts. And I'm so glad that you are our guest for today with the topic that you selected because we've gotten to this moment in the passage where Jesus approaches the, the two disciples that are going the opposite direction. They're kind of running away from the cross, running away from the difficulty and from the confusion. And Jesus asks them, what are you talking about? And their first reaction is like, are you the only guy that has no idea what just happened? You know? So they kind of scorn <laughs> That's it. Right. And yeah. they push them away. So I, we really wanted to kind of tackle this moment in the gospel passage because not everything is rosy and beautiful and and during a mission experience, right? We have some incredible moments. Mm -hmm. We have some incredible moments where we can see God and experience him acting and we see a person respond. But there's many, many moments where a person doesn't want to talk or we get a slam door or those more difficult moments. So I would love to know how you kind of see this gospel passage and what you notice about Jesus when he receives this kind of like cold shoulder from the disciples and how he well, I, and I think there's a whole other dimension to that, Kathleen. Is not only does do the you know the disciples give kind of the cold shoulder to Jesus at the beginning, say, like, hey, you know, how do you not know what's going on? But Jesus is actually pretty forceful with them too. He says, "Oh, you stupid people, you know, so <laughs> slow to understand," and like it's pretty offensive. And yeah. I, I think it opens up a whole topic here of 
aggression, conflict? How do we deal with that? And, and we all know what conflict and aggression is. It's, it's the, you know, that sense you get when like, oh, you're kind of nervous, like, oh, this is not going the way I want it to, or this person is not, you know, not un- doing what I want them to do, or thing, this person's not loving me, or they, they're, they're hating me, or whatever. We, we all, you know what that feeling is like when you, you yeah. feel the aggression or the, uh, the conflict. And I think for a lot of people, the temptation is to run away from that. Um, to totally. That's hide what from the apostles that. were doing. They were That's certainly away. what the apostles were doing, and we've uh, oftentimes mimicked that. And and I think there can be a false understanding of charity, where we say charity is like oh total conflict avoidance, and I think that's false, because there are many yes, times in the Gospels where Jesus faces things heads on, and or he provokes. So what is it that he's doing there? Um, so, just seeing it from a human perspective, there's a really interesting book by Patrick Lencioni called Death by Meeting. And one of the things he talks about in there is how boring meetings can be if you don't address uh, and, and stir up a certain amount of conflict. And I thought the first time I read it, I was like, what is he talking about? You know, we got to be charitable. We got to be respectful of other people. And he's not saying don't be, you know, be disrespectful to people. No, no, no. That's not what he's saying at all. But he's saying in order for there to be an interest in things, we have to mine the the conflict and because it's when we come into conflict that we are our brain kicks into overdrive in learning mode you know the neurologists have studied the way that we learn and when you succeed at something when everything goes well people actually don't learn very much it's when you fail at something when you experience conflict or aggression or difficulty Actually, the brain kicks into overdrive and it, it it's looking at all the possibilities and scenarios like, how could I keep from failing in the future? How could I avoid this? How can I do better? And people learn much more effectively in those moments of difficulty. So I, I think that's part of what's going on in this gospel passage of the disciples of Emmaus. The Lord is introducing elements of aggression, conflict, because he, he wants them to change. He wants, he wants yeah. them to learn something new. And I think that's a very valid point when you bring up feeding, because so many of the Holy Week planning teams have shared with me that they get nervous in the team meeting planning Holy Week because sometimes <laughs> they don't agree. And oh, sometimes yeah. they wish it's so much easier, Kathleen, if we just put one person in charge and then just let them do it their way and then yeah. avoid all the conflict. Yes, and yeah. I've had to encourage them so often. I'm like, even though it's hard, the experience of coming together as a mystery community and talking things out and learning from each other and being open to ideas, that makes the mission so much better. And when they're able to push through that and work through it, like the fruits are always disproportionate. I've seen it over and over and over again. So like making it through that and kind of getting through this barrier that you mentioned of this false unity and charity is always agreeing. So when they're able to kind of talk through those things and work through the conflict, the fruits are really Yes, definitely. I mean, we always have to work towards greater collaboration, communication and things. And there can be occasions when, yes, maybe put one person on this task, let them do their thing. Uh, There's a place for that, too. But it is very important for us to learn to work together because we can do bigger and better things when we collaborate and learn to work together. And, you know, kind of coming back to the, the whole topic of conflict and difficulty, I think we can experience that on the missions on three different levels. And I think it's, it can be helpful perhaps to distinguish those. The first level where we experience that conflict is in our own interior. 
it's you know when you experience the conflict of you know the fear you know of going out or doing a certain thing that's out of your comfort zone uh, there can be experiences that we have on the mission where you encounter someone who has you know a, a disease that's very debilitating or someone's on their deathbed or you know a, a conflictive situation where you know some some missionaries come across a, a very uh, you know lewd scene or something like that those can all be elements where you have to deal interiorly with conflict and 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 for those things i think it's so important uh, two elements first to bring those things to prayer because if the Lord has brought some sort of conflict into our interior, stirred something up, it's because he wants us to, to learn something, to see something. And so to be attentive to what he's trying to do in us. And then secondly, I, I think we also have to reach out to others, a spiritual director, um, you know, a mission leader, um, the director of the mission, so, so that we can resolve some of those things and, and make sure that, you know, we're not just glossing over uh, things that maybe I need to be interiorizing in a little bit different way. So that's the first level where we can experience conflict. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that from your own experience, Kathleen. Definitely. I can think of many moments personal mission when you walk out, maybe you're doing homeless street mission and you're sitting next to someone that really just smells bad, right? And you, or you're walking past someone that's sleeping on the street and you notice how they look and that they're not, you don't have enough clothes on and those sorts of things that can irritate our senses and stir up something inside of us, like, ugh, that's gross or that's, that's right. right. And that's, that initial reaction isn't bad. It's like, it's just a feeling and a human reaction. But as a missionary, it's always that interior work of, but I, even though this person can smell bad or look bad or even like have a different reaction to what I'm expecting inside right. this person is actually Jesus and so That's my right. faith my reaction the way that I'm able to speak at them and look at them with love and pray for them later that that is the choice of the missionary right to yes that in face of that that's yeah, that's that's so true, Kathleen. And I, there's a great story from Mother Teresa that uh, I, obviously we, we we all know. I mean, how she cared for the poor and on the streets of India would pick up people who were dying off the street. And there was a journalist early on in um, in her you know service there in India who found out about what she was doing and came all the way from the United States to visit her and shadow her and watch what she was doing. And on one occasion, she picked up this man who was in the gutter, literally in the gutter, it was full of sores, had these disgusting bandages on him and he smelled horrific. And she picked him up herself. And I mean, she was just a tiny wisp of a woman, but he, she picked him up herself, carried this man several blocks to their home for the dying, and then proceeded to take off his bandages and you know, bathe his wounds. And this journalist was watching. And as soon as she pulled off the bandages, the stench was so horrific that it, it, he wanted to vomit and he had to turn away and he covered his mouth and he kind of whispered under his breath, I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. And she stopped and she looked over at him and she said, I wouldn't either. And she continued on because the only reason she was doing what she was doing was out of love for that man because she found Christ in him. And I think that's an important reminder for us when we come into in these experience internal conflict on the mission where things that are uncomfortable for us to realize only out of love for our Lord do we do this. Yes. 
And I think it's not just with the things that we can perceive with our five senses, but there's also that internal discomfort that can come when we encounter someone that doesn't agree with us. So yes. it can happen on the mission that, especially if you're doing pro-life ministry and trying not to find a abortion clinic, or you meet someone that you're doing the station of the cross and you pass by someone that doesn't believe in Jesus, right? And they can make gestures with their hands, they can shout words, they can make faces yes. that show that they are not in agreement with what you as a missionary are trying to show, right? So yes. there's also that internal discomfort of we can think many things about that person. We can think that person doesn't know what they're talking about, that person is stupid, that person is wrong, and it's another opportunity to interiorly love and pray for that person. That's that right. whatever grace God wants to give them through our missionary testimony would be given. Yes. Yeah. And you've, you've introduced really well the second area of conflict that we can experience on a mission. And it's the conflict with the world. It's the conflict with the people who are serving or the people who resist um, uh, the, the good that we're trying to do. And that can come, as you mentioned, in many different guises. And I think there, the response is obviously one of prayer, um, interiorized, pray for the person, pray for the situation. But there's also, I think, just on a practical level, some important dispositions to carry out there. I mean, for example, you, you never respond to um, angry words or aggression or violence in kind. The only thing you achieve with that is escalation and further violence and further ill feelings. Um, when, like, let's let's say for for example, and this has happened to me twice um, when, as a seminarian, I had a person spit in my face. Um, it's really gross, and to have someone spittle, you know, hit your face, and you know, it's just, and it, you can the smell and the the feeling, it's just gross. And it's humiliating, right? And it's humiliating, yeah, no doubt. And and not that that happened. That was in Europe. Europe's a little different. There's some strong anti-clericalism there. But you know, here in the United States, we're probably not going to face that kind of thing. Hopefully not. Well, uh, but it, but it could I, happen. I have seen, I have seen it happen to priests. Not yeah. to get you excited, but I have seen it happen. Yeah. So, I mean, it could happen, but you would gain nothing by yelling at the person or, you know, striking out at them or spitting back. I mean, the only thing you would do is, uh, you know, escalate the violence and, and the ill feeling. So in those situations, I think we have to be like our Lord. When he faced his, uh, those, those men who crucified him uh, with words of prayer, of patience, of bearing with uh, the blows and the suffering, um, and I think turning the other cheek in those situations is is the attitude that our Lord calls us to to take on. Uh, so pray for them, be patient, don't respond in kind, and always respond with humility. Humility does amazing things to diffuse tension. So if someone's, you know, let's say, for example, you might have uh, a, a police officer comes and say, hey, you can't be in this place because this is public, you know, sidewalk. How do you respond? Well, I have a right to be on the sidewalk. No, <laughs> that's not going to do any good. So, oh, no. well, thank you, officer. Yes, we'll move right over here. Don't wor don't worry. Yeah, we will. We want to be respectful of every everyone else here. So, humility and uh, and and just listening to others, being respectful, always helps to diffuse any type of uh, conflict and tension along those lines. Definitely, and I think you have outlined so well something that I know many mission leaders kind of use as a phrase to help their missionaries understand the disease, that we really encourage our missionaries to realize that their testimony needs to be like a walking gospel. 
because many, many of the people that will see us or that will speak to, maybe they'll never enter a church or they haven't done so in life. That's or right. they've never picked up the Bible before. Yeah. So our testimonies need to kind of be for them what they would read in the gospel. So yes. they can say, wow, I have been able to read the gospel or experience what the Catholic faith is about through the testimony of this person. That's and right. those reactions in the face of tension is really what really where the Christian community is able to shine. And what's yes. Yeah, and oftentimes it's not so much our words as it is our, our actions and our comportment and how we bear ourselves yeah. in those situations. Um, that can speak volumes to the people that are watching. So, you, may, for example, you might have a situation in which someone is, they have some wound in their past. They're, very, they're just angry, viscerally angry to see someone out on the streets praying with people and they start yelling at you or something. And, and if, you know, you respond with humility and I'll pray for you. I'm sorry that I offended you, whatever. There might be 50 other people who have caught on to that. There's some altercation going on. They're watching. And yeah. when they see your reaction, you in some ways are, are, are preaching the gospel to those 50 people that have watched the conversation or watched what's transpiring. So our behavior uh, is extremely important as rather because we are yeah. witnesses of Christ. Yeah. And I have seen this happen and it's really beautiful because sometimes I've noticed that it's the younger people that understand this faster than the adults. And this is a mm. shame anyone, but I have right. seen that sometimes the middle schoolers and high schoolers are the ones that first get this because they're yeah. used to watching other people and they're watching the adults. And so I have seen high schoolers uh, very gently go up to adults on a mission and pull them aside and be like, you know what, sir, you know what, ma'am, I, I think I think we need to like handle the situation differently, right? If they see the adult that might be responding with aggression or screaming. Yes. And I'm so impressed when I see these high school missionaries to have the courage, not just with those that can be aggressive, but even with their missionary youth, to invite them to have a more charitable gospel attitude. Really beautiful. You bring out a really important point, uh, Kathleen. I think sometimes um, some pe- we can go on missions perhaps with the wrong motives. Um, if I can explain <laughs> myself, sometimes sometimes I've seen people who go on missions as kind of an opportunity to show off what they know, or because they're going to save the world, or they're going to set uh, people straight, um, and and it, it can become a little presumptuous, and and uh, that sense of, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, that a person is too goody two-shoes or better than others can come across in conversations or in certain types of proselytizing or defending the truth, which is at its core really just arrogance. And whenever there's that pride there, which can so, I mean, the devil is an expert at hiding and, and uh, disguising pride. Uh, as in under piety or under you know uh, preaching the truth, and if, if there's yeah. yes, even you know misguided zeal, and I think anything that is not motivated by sincere love for the person that we have in front of us and a sincere love for God is going to bear bad fruit, and I have seen that many times throughout my life, and and I, and frankly even in myself. I have seen on occasions where I have to look and say, wait a second, am I saying this because I want to pontificate and I want to show how much I know about this? Or am I really 
saying this because the, I love the person and, and I think that they're in a place to hear this because sometimes mm-hmm. when we say things, it may be true, but it's not the right moment and the person's not ready to hear it. And we actually drive them further away. So we, right. we have to be attentive yeah. to the Holy spirit to listen uh, for the right timing. Um, yes. That's, and I think that speaks very well in Pope letter, the joy of the gospel. He speaks yeah. about evangelization. We repeat so often there that the gospel is spread for attraction. That's that right. People see the beauty of the gospel. They see the conviction of how Catholics are living, and they're drawn to that by attraction. Whereas just going out and like you know proclaiming rules or bashing people or saying that they need to convert really is not attractive to anyone. <laughs> No, and it it's doesn't not. invite them. It doesn't invite them to enter into a relationship with God, right? So that's that's right. And I know you have a third area of conflict, I believe. Well, and it's the trickiest out. one, actually, Kathleen. So we've talked about kind of the internal conflict that we experience when, you know, fear or dealing with an issue or what have you. The second is when we've experienced conflict with those that we're trying to serve or, you know, out there on the mission. The hardest area to deal with sometimes is the is one that we're we're very unsuspecting about. And it's the conflict between the missionaries. It's conflict within the team. Because you think, wait a second, we're on the same team together, right? We're working for the same mission. We have the same goals. Well, why am I arguing with this other person? Or why is this person so obstinate? Or why can't they see things like I see them? And there can be a lot of tensions, especially when you know it's a multi-day mission and maybe you're getting a little more tired because you're not sleeping well at night or maybe <laughs> you, you, your your meal's been delayed and you're getting hangry and some of these tensions can come out within our own team and the, and right. satan is an expert at sowing division and yeah. he will take any little bit of pride or selfishness of, of, of anyone to try to sow division within the mission team. And I think this is an area we have to be really attentive to. And, uh, you know, Kathleen, you have uh, tons of experience with missions. Uh, what are some things that you've seen um, that are really helpful for uh, avoiding some of those tensions and conflict and then dealing with, with it in a healthy way within a mission yes. team? Uh, I think, well, we have a whole other podcast on community and charity because this, for me, is a very, very important topic. Yeah, but it is. it's really, 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 I have seen over and over that if there is unity and charity among the missionaries themselves, the mission is an overwhelming success and people see God in us and it's just so incredibly beautiful. And if that is lacking among the missionaries, it doesn't matter how perfect the logistics are, the thing is just yeah, there's not fruit there that it that God That's is right. working. And so one of the ways that we kind of uh, prepare the ground and the soil is that before we even go out on mission, we make it very clear to the missionaries that their first mission is to each other. And that the way right. that they serve each other, the way that they love each other, is going to determine how they're going to be capable of loving those outside. So we'll break them up into mixed teams. We'll give them different responsibilities and moments to serve meals. So that they have very concrete moments to get to know each other, to really like break the ice, to become friends, and comfortably serve each other, right? Whether it's like you know taking turns to clean the bathrooms, taking turns to the right. meals, all of those very concrete gestures form those really good habits of service to one another, right? And mm-hmm. another really beautiful thing is dividing up the roles and responsibilities, so that every missionary feels like they have an important part to play for the good of the others. And it's not just anyone's one-man show that everyone has to obey. 
and when the missionary feels that ownership of the mission, they suddenly become concerned about the spirit as well. And they themselves become builders instead of just participants. And it's a beautiful switch to see when the missionary suddenly realizes this is my mission. This is not an event I'm participating in, but this is actually something I'm creating and building myself. And when that ownership happens, then it, it really, those two things help to kind of prevent that you need straight from being broken down. And then when, when, if there's a missionary that's having a bad day, if there's a missionary that's more tired, right? To be attentive to that and to address their needs that they might be saying underneath their grouchiness or underneath their attitude. Yes. Right? Of saying, you know what? It sounds like you're really tired. Can you just take a nap? <laughs> Can I give you a canola bar? Right? Because many, many right. times it's not, the, it's not the conflict that they're actually talking about. It's exactly what you said, that it's the wear and tear of the mission and their desire their desire to go out there and be their very best, but reminding them that sometimes being your very best is going and taking a 20-minute nap so you can show up better and have a smile on your face. And that is actually getting your best, right? It's not always pushing yourself to not sleep and not eat. That's right. And I so think helping them to have that healthy balance. Without a doubt. I think those are great elements, Kathleen. And I would add to that uh, St. Thomas Aquinas' recipe for uh, when you're feeling uh, tired and depressed. He said there's three things. Uh, a hot bath, a glass of wine, and a good night's sleep. <laughs> See, <you laughs> great know solution. What about. <laughs> yes. There you go. Well, obviously not. Yeah. No, no glass of wine for the miners. But uh, um, no. and I think along, you know, on a more serious note, I think also when you are tired or cranky uh, on mission, which does happen, it's also very helpful sometimes. Um, yes, a nap, but also times just go and spend some time in prayer in adoration yeah. go and take a half hour i mean we're on mission part of mission is praying and interceding for the other missionaries and for the people that we're serving so you're not taking a break from the mission but you're you're missioning in a different way to go and spend some time in prayer support um and and two other things that i from my own experience i think were very helpful for resolving some of that um interpersonal or team tension is two f's flexibility and forgiveness. Um, oftentimes people get annoyed with each other when their expectations are misaligned with reality and they don't yeah. have enough flexibility. And on missions, things will go wrong. <laughs> they will, things will not be on well, schedule or people will, will show up change. late yes. or there'll be last minute changes. I mean, it, that is just the nature of being on missions. So if you go into it with an expectation, everything's going to work, work out perfectly and going to go according to my plan, you're going to get frustrated and annoyed. So you got to be flexible um, from the outset and be ready to roll with the punches. And then the second thing is that forgive, Uh, you know, and some people have a harder time with forgiveness than others, but if you want to live a happy life and not embittered in any way, you've got to learn to forgive. And, And when you feel annoyance or frustration with another person or any type of bitterness in your heart, as soon as you recognize that, take that to the Lord forgive the person, move on, reconcile. And if you know that you've hurt someone or annoyed someone else, you know, be humble, apologize so that the the devil can't use that uh, as a division to create separation within the team. Definitely. And I think you, I agree with all of those points. And I think you touched on something very important you brought up a couple of times because since we are on mission, and the mission is not necessarily us going out and doing something with our own strength or our own intelligence, but 
we really are going to give testimony and share the love of God. That's right. The missionaries themselves need to have that time for their own encounter with God, right? They need their mm-hmm. personal prayer time. They need their team of prayer time. They need their adoration at the end of the day to process their experiences. Because that's that is sure. hard. That is definitely part of what their basic needs are as a missionary, but they're capable of giving that charitable testimony to others. I almost feel like it's unfair to expect a missionary to be amazing and like not give them sufficient prayer time to be able to like fill up with God first. And I think that's an important element that distinguishes, you know, mission youth missions from, you know, a service project from my high school. The the spiritual component of the, the encounter with Jesus in prayer and in others, it takes it from being some sort of a social justice mission uh, on a horizontal level to being an act of love and of service and of authentic mission uh, where we can encounter God, we can encounter others. So I think that's very, very important, a part of our experience. Definitely. So thank you so much, Father Daniel. This has been such an incredibly rich conversation. And well, I hope whole, it's helpful for our, all of our missionaries who are preparing for Holy Week missions. Um, knowing the experiences that I've, I've heard from others in my own, it's going to be very, very, very important for them to hear. Good. But well, before, happy we to conclude, help. before we conclude, I'm just curious if you could at least share one personal story of a favorite or an important experience of your own on mission. Can you repeat the question? I didn't quite hear that. What... Could you share with us a personal mission story that's maybe your favorite or an important moment on mission? Oh, gosh. Mm. I have so many mission experiences of uh, in you know different cities across the country. I mean, I, I helped to start Holy Week missions in Cincinnati and Calgary and uh, early on in New York. Um, so some great and also in Philadelphia. Uh, so I have some great experience in all of those cities. Uh, but and also international missions in in Haiti, Mexico, um, Canada. So, gosh, my favorite one—that's really hard to say. I, I don't know if this is my favorite, but uh, probably one of my more powerful experiences was on uh, one of the probably the, I think the second, maybe third Holy Week mission in Cincinnati. We were doing um, preparing for the crosswalk, and we were I was walking with a small group of our missionaries. Um, over by Old St. Mary's in uh, downtown Cincinnati. And there was a, a, a young woman, she was probably 22 years old or something. And uh, she was on the street, uh, homeless, drug addict. We started talking with her and she started crying. And uh, she had some of her stuff lying around. And I happened to be carrying a backpack with me. And I just, I, you know, in inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I just gave her the bas- backpack and said, hey, you, you probably need this for carrying around your stuff. And it, it she was so moved, she just started bawling and crying. And she was so moved, she came back later and, and saw another group of our missionaries and thanked them. And, you know, just simple things like that where, you know, you listen to the Holy Spirit. Like, I, my plan was not to give that backpack to anyone. I was carrying it because I had a bunch of stuff for the missionaries that I was carrying with me. And But it was just that moment. The Holy Spirit said, you know, she needs that backpack. And so I think that's a huge part of the mission experience is being attentive to the Holy Spirit and how he wants to work through us. And if we do that as missionaries, he's going to do unexpected things. Uh, and 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 it's going to be an awesome experience. You're going to love it. You're going to overcome all the fears. You're going to work through all the difficulties and conflicts. And, you know, just like the disciples on the road to Emmaus, 
the conflict that they experienced in that encounter with the Lord led to the transformation of their lives, the opening of their eyes, and the recognition of Christ present in the Eucharist. I mean, what greater gift? So that's my prayer for all of our missionaries, to be open to the Holy Spirit, to experience the Lord, and through the challenges that they'll face, to come to greater spiritual growth. Awesome. Father Daniel, thank you. And as we conclude, I would really invite you, if you could, to lead us in a kind of closing prayer for all of the believers. I'd be happy to. All right. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, you call us and send us out on mission. This isn't our idea. It's not our idea of fun, necessarily. It's not even something that maybe we're even comfortable with. But Lord, we felt your call to go out, to be your missionaries. And Lord, with your grace, we answer that call. Lord, we don't know who you have prepared for us to meet, whose lives you want us to touch, but help us to be attentive and to know that because you send us out, you have a field ripe for the harvest waiting for us. Lord, help us to be good missionaries, to be good instruments in your hands, to bring your love and your meaning and your purpose and your hope into the lives and hearts of all those that we meet. And Lord Jesus, I ask for your blessing upon all the missionaries that head out this Holy Week. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you very much, Father Daniel. Well, thank you, Kathleen. It's been fun chatting, and uh, I'll be praying for all the missionaries. Thank you. And I'll be on mission, too. <laughs> so, yes. enjoy. Yes.